Hi there, a quick programming note. We recorded this podcast on Thursday afternoon. It's about snow, and we mentioned that the Anchorage School District canceled classes five days in a two-week period. A few hours after we finished, they announced schools would be closed a sixth day. Sorry for the discrepancy you'll hear, but things are moving fast. Enjoy the show. This ADN Politics Podcast is brought to you by Steam.Coffee, where we source, roast, and present the finest coffees possible. Our driveway snowed in. Old Man Winter! <laughs> That's right. I fill your driveways with ice and snow. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. That's what... <laughs> From the Anchorage Daily News, this is ADN Politics, a podcast navigating Alaska's changing and sometimes wild political landscape. I'm your host, Elizabeth Harbaugh. To state the obvious, it snowed a lot over the past week or so. Yes, we live in Alaska, and yes, it's December, but many of the roads have been a mess, and a lot of folks in Anchorage are wondering, does it have to be this bad? I'm joined by ADN reporter Zachariah Hughes, who makes the case that yes, snow plowing is a political issue, so I'll let him make that argument first. Zach, welcome. Elizabeth, thank you. And before we start, I just want to say thank you also for rescuing me today. Uh, You pulled me out of the snow. My car was high-centered, and you came to my house, and we attached a tow rope. And with your very big and impressive truck, we freed me for this podcast recording. So it's a little bit late in the day, but I thank you. Uh, Apropos for what we're talking about, and no problem. (laughs) So let's launch right in from there, Zach. Tell me, why is snow plowing in Anchorage a politics story? So, like, every city has its political hobby horse. Like, the thing that is a local issue that you don't get somewhere else. Like, in New York City, it's the subway. And in Philadelphia, it's, like, trash pickup. And in Anchorage, it's snow plowing. But, like, in Fairbanks, it's wood stoves. You know, just something that beyond, like, you know, public safety or homelessness or stuff like that. It's just specific to that place. And anyone who's been to Anchorage knows, like, there's a lot of roads. It's not a very pedestrian-friendly city. It's very spread out. It's not particularly dense, and it just runs on big roadways. And so when it snows and when the plows aren't running or there's problems with it, everybody feels almost, like, completely independent of your station in life. Like, if you're wealthy and you live on the hillside, if you are not wealthy and you live in, like, one of the many trailer courts, like, if it snows and there's problems with snow plowing, it affects you. It's like a citywide issue. And so I know it can seem very complainy. Like I've lived outside of Anchorage in Alaska. Like if I had looked at the ADN homepage this last week, I'd have been like, get over yourself. This is so stupid. It's snowing in winter in Alaska. Like that said, it's a major issue here. And it's also kind of um, viewed as one of the core government services in Anchorage. So when the roads aren't plowed or when there's some snafus involved, uh, it very quickly becomes a political football. And so for people who haven't been in Anchorage, let's speak to them, or perhaps people who were on vacation until recently. And uh, got back uh, just the other day and had to dig their cars out of long-term parking at the airport. Yeah, who could that be? Anyways, can you just paint a picture of just how much snow we're dealing with? We're dealing with, I think it's around four feet. I mean, officially, I think it's like 41 inches has fallen in the last 11 days. 
people quibble with Anchorage's snow readings because they tend to be on the west side of town, which is a little bit less snowy than the east side towards the mountains, where those snow totals are, I think, considerably higher and probably above four feet and probably closer to five in some places, particularly on the hillside. That's not like an unprecedented amount of snow. It's not, and even, you know, compared to like Valdez or um, some other places in Alaska, we're not in like a crisis or some sort of like apocalyptic, what's that movie about uh, like the day after tomorrow or like New York City freezes over? Anyway, we're not there. But, you know, if you look outside, it's not yet Christmas. And, you know, anecdotally, I'll say from my perspective, you know, it's we're about where the snow is in late March, right before it starts to melt away. Just looking outside, it feels like, oh, this is a year, a winter's worth of snow a month in. I don't know. What do you, what's your impression? I mean, I just went out there and I think for drivers and for pedestrians and for anybody who's trying to get normal day-to-day business done, it's hard. I mean, the side roads are like mashed potatoes. There are um, no sidewalks. I haven't seen a sidewalk in like 11 days. There, there are a few sidewalks, but a lot less sidewalk than there used to be. The, the roads are narrow. It's like you're driving in a in a little snow canyon wherever you are. Yeah, there's snow canyons everywhere. The berms are massive. And on a good day, it's inconvenient. On a bad day, it's really dangerous out there is what I've been observing. Stay home if you can, unless you need to come record a podcast. Yeah, or <laughs> that that's debatable, but here we are. Anyways, so my next question for you, Zach, is how is this snow plowing supposed to work in Anchorage? Like when things are operating normally, what is it supposed to look like? Well, a good rule of thumb is no matter what, people will complain about the plowing. No matter what the plans are, no matter who's in office, people will take umbrage with Anchorage plowing. But it's really complex. There's like this very elaborate latticework of different contracts between the state is in charge of some roads, the city is in charge of other roads. There's this tiered system for which roads take priority. And you know, from Anchorage's perspective, the city government aims to have all roads plowed within 84 hours. That's three and a half days. And there's a sort of priority system where they work backwards. They start on the main roads or arterials, they're called arterial roadways. So things like Arctic and I don't know, I'm going to get them confused, but some of the, the major roads that people use I mean, the Seward Highway this morning, for example, was pretty well cleared. First well, now you're, now you're getting into state roads. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. We're not there yet. I told you it's an elaborate latticework. Roger like, that. Have you ever seen ha- like a, like silkworms make doilies or silk? No, but... Way less complicated than Anchorage's snowplow system. Anyway, so the, the muni plows start on the arterials and then they begin to work um, backwards to residential areas and get cul-de-sacs. This gets more complicated because some of the more far-flung neighborhoods and communities in Anchorage use limited road service areas, and they have private contracts to come do this. Meanwhile, the state plows are in charge of, like, the real big roads. So that's, like, the highway and uh, in Anchorage, Minnesota, a lot of the main roads that cut through Midtown, like Northern Lights and Benson, Tudor, things like that, the state handles. And so it can be really confusing when you're, like, driving down Arctic or you're driving down like some muni road that's already been plowed and it's clear and it's good. And then you turn on to you know, Northern Lights and it is, it's like Mad Max all of a sudden and there's potholes and the lanes have just become some sort of theoretical concept from the yesteryears that you all try to remember where they are, but you can't. So people get really frustrated because they're like, why can't they just 
plow this road when they're going by. And that's valid, but it's also it gets into like who owns the road, who has liability on it, which union contract is in charge of it. So your question was, how is it supposed to work? Well, in 84 hours, the roads should be clear and that's how it's supposed to go. Okay, so let's dive into what's actually happened with the plowing this past week and these multiple storms. There's been more than one issue beyond just a lot of snow. Can you lay those out? Yes, I can. (laughs) Uh, One of the uh, local union reps who I talked with about some of the issues called it a five-headed dragon, and I think that's about right. You know, basically we have this combination of factors that have conspired to make it uh, just hard to clear the volume of snow that's fallen. Like, it's exceptionally rare that there would be three heavy snow events back to back to back. Like, that's abnormal, especially in December. Yes, we're used to snow, but you usually get to kind of catch your breath and get ready for the next snowfall. And so each one of those events has really compounded where there were problems before. So on the, like, just logistical slash political side of things, uh, what we've learned in the last couple of days is that there weren't quite enough uh, snowplow drivers or or heavy equipment operators in the city of Anchorage's street maintenance division. And it turns out that the union that represents them back in June of this last year sort of warned the city during contract negotiations, like, hey, we've got a major problem here. We don't have enough people to adequately staff the department to be able to handle snow removal operations. And first of all, that was in June. I will say personally, I have a very hard time thinking about snow plowing in June. I don't think I'm alone in that. But two, it's like this is part of a broader issue. Like all across the country, people are having a hard time finding workers. And particularly with all of the federal relief and infrastructure money that's come, there's been this huge demand across different sectors for a lot of the same employees. And so uh, heavy equipment operators... You know, when there's an infrastructure spending package that's just kind of like releasing funds for projects, they are a hot commodity right now. And wages on the muni side really haven't kept up with what the private sector is able to pay. And so what I was told by this, you know, local 302 rep, you know, that's the union that handles all of the muni snowplow and heavy equipment operators within the maintenance and operations department for the city, was like, you know, this used to be a career that people people got a job and they were there till they retired. And now they're not retaining people. And, you know, a sector that used to have in his day, 20 years ago, you know, 85 to 90 employees who were handling street maintenance. And in the summer, that's potholes and road stuff. And in the winter, that's plowing. You know, we heard from the mayor at a press conference earlier this week that that it's 60. You know, that's not so catastrophic. That's not like one guy named Roger showed up with a shovel and was like, I'm here to clear the roads. Like, we're not there. But that's a sizable kind of deficiency in the workforce. And uh, the other thing is when equipment breaks down, as it has in this instance, then you've got delays there. So the city has 60 graders. Those are like the big kind of plows that handle a lot of stuff. And they've been, you know, uh, they've had a couple that are, you know, in maintenance. And there are supply chain problems, of course. That's another issue that's not specific to here. But they've had trouble getting parts on time and getting them repaired. So, you know, this 30 greater fleet has been at times like down to, I think, 23 or 24 that are able to run. So you're able to clear less streets. So those are some of the problems. And, you know, the the Muni didn't meet that 84-hour plowout target the first time around after the, the first snow wallop that we got. Um, So there were, I think, eight sectors in the city, eight neighborhoods, basically, that were not plowed out. Then more snow came on top of that. 
Um, I'm not sure. I think all of those roads had at least one plow go over them by the time the third storm hit, but not comprehensively. And, you know, with three events like this, a plow can go over a road, but there's still giant berms and giant piles. I'll say for my own house, like we've run out of places to put snow. <laughs> like we just have these little like five foot sledding hills at the end of our driveways and stuff like that. So I think a lot of people are dealing with that. So to recap, what I'm hearing is just a lot of snow. Just a lot of snow. But also some pandemic era issues hanging on, that being staffing issues and maintenance issues, and also maybe some issues having to do with preparation in the summer. But we can get into that a little bit later. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like, you know, there was a stress system to begin with, and then it doesn't take a catastrophe to put so much strain on the system that then the, the kind of cracks that were there to begin with start to really get blown apart. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about how the mayor's office has been responding to the storm and some of the criticism they've been hearing. At Steam.Coffee, we're proud to support great journalism and we're proud of our pursuit of great coffee. We search the world for the finest raw materials and then roast them to perfection at our Anchorage headquarters. All with one thing in mind, the finest coffee possible in your cup. Come visit us at either of our Anchorage cafes or online at steamdot.com. So remember, call Mr. Plow. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. Welcome back to the ADN Politics Podcast. Today, we're discussing snowplow politics in Anchorage with ADN reporter Zachariah Hughes. So let's talk about the person in charge here, Mayor Dave Bronson. Other elected officials in Anchorage were lobbying some criticism at him this week um, and last week. What were they saying he should have done differently? Some important context first. I cannot stress this enough. It does not matter who is the mayor. When there's like snowplow issues and the streets aren't cleared, people blame the mayor. And it like transcends party affiliation and it transcends era. It's just like an eternal truth of Anchorage. So with that caveat, I think some of the criticism that was coming from particularly from the assembly was that there were inadequate preparations taken. This came up at a budget hearing at the end of November where basically the head of the street maintenance division sector told the assembly during this like very minor deep in the weeds uh, budget session that um, basically like the department didn't have enough money or people. This is November. We are in snow season. And the assembly was really surprised to hear that. And how this kind of played out was they'd offered to add about a million dollars, 1.5 million to the street maintenance sector's um, budget to you just kind of boost it to help with additional snow hauling and snow removal. And he told them, you know, with inflation and with fuel costs, this basically brings us up to zero. Our department budget has really been eaten into. This money just kind of gets us onto par, given all of the cost increases that we've seen. And, you know, thank you, but, you know, we don't have the tools that we need to be able to keep the level of service as people have expected. The Assembly's way of framing that was that the mayor's budget basically amounted to a service reduction by flat funding. I think that's where it starts to get into really kind of politics over whether this was flat funding or a service reduction, what have you. The gist and what was surprising to me was that, you know, in November, the Assembly wasn't aware that there were some staffing and budget problems in one of the service sectors that is the most important to people. And so that was a little bit surprising 
later on, as I mentioned, we we learned that there had been some warnings about inadequate staffing as early as this summer. So that's some of the criticism. There's also just a lot of social media complaining about the inadequacy of the plow services and people blaming the Bronson administration and saying they weren't prepared and that, you know, they have not treated this as seriously as it ought to. And, you know, when schools are closed for five days in like, you know, a two week period, that that's kind of at a crisis level and that it's been bungled and um, people are just angry. And I, I think the mayor's getting a lot of a lot of that is flowing towards the eighth floor. Yeah, let's talk about the schools. They were closed last week and this week for the most number of school days ever. And that has led to a fair amount of frustration as well. Yeah, I mean, there were four consecutive school days that were closed. So you just think about that from like a childcare perspective or an economic perspective of um, suddenly all the families that have to, you know, on the spot figure out how to entertain and educate their kids. Like, that's a serious thing. When we talk about like, why are people being so complaining about schools? I will say as a parent, <laughs> it has a really big impact on people's lives. And I think some of the criticism was that if the plowing had been done better and more rapidly and more comprehensively, schools would not have had to close. I, I don't know. You know, this gets into like putting the cart before the horse on some of the stuff and the timing is really complicated. But I think there is a lot of anger that is being um, directed at the administration over this because people are wary from having to keep kids home. Kids are wary and, you know, they're looking for somebody to blame. And since, you know, the eighth floor of City Hall is the one holding the bag, I think people are feeling like, you know, had plowing been handled a little bit more aggressively or competently that then maybe, you know, this wouldn't have happened. Regardless of the validity of that, I think there's a lot of interpretation and room for you know disagreement there. But I I would not disagree that that people are angry and looking for a target uh, to to blame. And so, how has the Bronson administration responded to all the criticism that's been directed at them? Uh, a lot of it's happening on social media. The administration is putting out videos on Facebook to sort of explain that things are going well. Uh, on Monday, there was a kind of press conference call-in that happened remotely for reporters where they answered questions and gave updates. Today, or, you know, we're speaking on Thursday, the mayor's office put out a video saying that it was unfortunate that members of the assembly are playing politics with this issue. There's some on the assembly that have been playing politics with these snowfalls. I just want to set the record straight. There's no such thing as red snow or blue snow or Republican snow or Democrat snow. There's only white snow and it's all impacting us. So I think they're trying to sort of say this is not their fault and, you know, we all need to band together and, you know, unify. I think behind the scenes, they're working really hard to keep municipal government functioning as much as they can. There was an email sent out by municipal manager Amy Domboski on Tuesday to department heads saying, look, there's a third storm coming, but you must stay open. And, you know, that if employees can't get to work, they need to take leave, but that, you know, people have to show up. Everyone is an essential worker in the city. So they are really doing their best to keep things up and running in spite of this historic level of snow. And yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to be proactive to some degree with messaging. I will say I was surprised that it took until Monday for there to be a press conference. At that point, we were almost a week into things, and it was clear that there was some breakdown happening in the system given how much snow was hitting the city. And I feel like normally there would have been a little bit more proactive messaging through the media, but 
But also, I don't think press conferences fix issues out on the street. And, and you know, the other thing is behind the scenes, they have said that they're trying to bring more capacity online. I don't know where those results stand. It's a little bit in the dark, but they were trying to work out an agreement with the school district to use some of its heavy equipment to add capacity, pursuing private contracts with firms to get more equipment to haul snow away out of downtown, and just trying to incentivize getting more drivers into the plow fleet and working with the unions to try and get some of the rigidity relaxed so that people could, you know, clear sidewalks and free up heavy equipment operators to to keep going. So I, I think they're they're working behind the scenes to to bring on more capacity. We often hear of elected officials declaring emergencies in extreme weather situations. Has the mayor talked about doing that here? He he pretty explicitly said that you know, this is not an emergency. They weren't going to declare an emergency. Um, some have suggested that we declare an emergency. There's nothing we can do beyond what we're doing. So the emergency would be uh, simply meaningless. Uh, that was in his press conference earlier in the week. And I don't know if people had been asking the administration or saying online that, you know, there should be an emergency declaration because it would add more resources. I, I think the point that he made following up, if I understood it correctly, was that, look, we only have 30 graders in the fleets, and that's the maximum amount of equipment that we can have out there. So as long as we have enough bodies for those 30 to be running, then it's kind of a moot point. That's basically where our capacity ceiling is. So I don't know, like if if there were 12 feet of snow, I could see that being an emergency. If buildings were collapsing, I think it's important to keep in context. Like, you know, we're a winter city. We're built for this. This is more of a management issue than like a natural disaster issue. Okay, speaking of management then, how does Anchorage compare to other similarly sized cities that get lots of snow when it comes to plowing? There's other cities in the lower 48 that get as much, if not more, snow than Anchorage and are comparably sized. Buffalo is one example. Not too far away, Syracuse is another. Syracuse actually gets about 40 inches more snow a year than Anchorage and has about the same population size. Actually, so I was looking through old articles, and there's this 1992 article by Tom Bell, you know, asking, like, how does Syracuse do it, since they're our peer in a number of ways? And the the answer is money. You know, like, they paid about double what Anchorage pays to clear each lane mile of road that's there. So Buffalo, as a city, is about, you know, has more roads than Anchorage. It's about 1,600 miles of roads that or lane miles that it manages. Anchorage has about 1,300 But there's more spending. You know, we treat a lot of these snow events as kind of par for the course. They treat them as emergencies, and so they activate a lot more people. They mothball a lot more equipment that they then, like, pull out for major events like this. And then also there's other cities nearby that can lend equipment. So, like, when Buffalo has an event like this or a major event, they can borrow equipment from Rochester, which didn't get hit as hard and isn't that far away. Or I think the New York uh, Department of Transportation sent a bunch of heavy equipment to help out. Like they can bring more graders and more personnel online. We're a little bit of an island when it comes to this. So there's not that many more bodies that can be activated to, to come in. Some other things, our snow sticks around. It doesn't melt like it does in a lot of those lower 48 places. Uh, You know, what has fallen outside here is going to be with us until like, what, late April, early, mid-May, maybe June. not think too hard about that, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's just not the case there. They use salt for a lot of their roadways. We use sand. We don't use salt. So there's a bunch of kind of different dynamics. Has the city changed how it plows over time, though? You brought up some historical context. 
a little bit. I mean, we have less people in the plow fleet than we've had at other times, which is interesting because we've added a lot of lane miles of roadways. We've added subdivisions. We have a higher expectation of how many miles of sidewalk ought to be cleared for pedestrians. Our trails are plowed. So it's surprising to find out that, you know, in like the 80s, if you go back to, you know, some of the oil years that the city had a a bigger plow fleet for a smaller city. I actually, I went back and I I saw uh, there's a Sheila Toomey story from like 1987. And the premise was that because of budget cuts from the oil crash in 86, the Muni had pulled back on plowing and people were pissed because all these giant berms were getting left in their driveways. And I think there's like one point about like change that I want to make. It's like that as long as there's been an anchorage, people have been having the same complaints about the same snowplow issues. I went back and there was another old ADN article. I think it was Mike Dugan wrote it. And it was about riding the bus after snow and, you know, people having to climb on top of these three and four foot snow berms to wait for the bus at bus stops because they weren't plowed. Well, we have the same issues today, you know, 30 years later. There was an article from, I think, 97. It was Sheila Toomey again about how hard it was for people with disabilities to get around after snow, you know, because the sidewalks aren't clear and bus service can be suspended. Well, like we had a Michelle Terry Boots story on our front page earlier this week about, you know, how hard it is for pedestrians when lanes aren't cleared. I mean, it's the same stuff over and over. And, you know, in some ways... I think that ought to be a balm of like, no, this is not, you know, our unique catastrophe. It's always kind of been this way. And on the other, it's like, man, we still haven't fixed some of these problems. And yeah, they're major issues. I think the other thing is that like, I think people have changed, you know, since the uh, 50s and 60s and 70s in Anchorage. I think an interesting experiment would be to just like gauge what the median height clearance on people's cars has been over time. Like, I think that more people in Anchorage have a standard of road navigation similar to the lower 48 now than they probably used to. And they think that like a Subaru Impreza like mine with like a six inch clearance should be able to drive regardless of the snow event. And I don't know that 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, people had that expectation. I think a lot more people had trucks. I think a lot more people knew how to drive a manual transmission and, you know, kind of keep stuff in low gear. And I don't know that there was the expectation that 12 hours after the snow stopped falling, you could be able to go and pick up groceries at the store unencumbered. All right. Well, to wrap things up, let's go to the present. Uh, Given the system breakdown so far this winter, are there any conversations happening among city leaders about policy changes we're likely to see when it comes to snow removal? I think at the heart of the snowplow issues in Anchorage is a, a tension between the level of service people expect and how much they're willing to pay for it. This is a very fiscally minded city. We have a tax cap. There's a kind of constant awareness that there's a finite amount of money and resources. And it's kind of a political question of how much do we want to spend to get the roads cleared how quickly. You know, if um, a starting hourly rate for a snowplow driver right now in the city fleet is $21.23 and we can't fill out the ranks, are we willing as a city to pay them more at an hourly rate? Are we willing to buy more equipment so that if there's breakdowns, we can kind of keep the level of service at the same level? And I don't know. I don't I don't know what the assembly and the mayor's office are planning right now, but I think there's a lot of parents who are on day five of school closures who are maybe thinking, yeah, if the mill rate went up and that was guaranteed that I could get my kid to daycare, I'd be willing to chip in an extra five, twelve, thirty dollars a year for plowing. But I don't know. You know, uh, people's memories are short and winter is long. 
Well, that's a good enough note to end on before we all have to go out and dig ourselves out again. I dug out this morning. Still got to do it myself. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us today, Zach. Anytime. Thank you for towing me out again. Thanks for listening to ADN Politics. You can subscribe to the show in whichever podcast app you're listening to right now. You can keep up with the rest of our coverage on ADN.com. And you can subscribe to ADN there, which is the best way to support our work, including this show. Thanks to our guest today, ADN reporter Zachariah Hughes, who also produced today's show, along with Evan Phillips. Our music is by Evan Phillips. David Hewlin is our editor. And I'm your host, Elizabeth Harbaugh. See you next time. Thanks for listening. This episode of ADN Politics was brought to you by Steam.Coffee, where we source, roast, and present the finest coffees possible.